Black Wrestling himself, Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do this shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I 1. I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f***ing but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com All the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilly and your little wankers. We're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed. Brett. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two! Arm bar! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> hey, what's up, TIW Mafia? It's Josh. It's Yeti. Hey, thanks for taking time out of the day to listen to world-famous ring announcer for ECW, Chaotic Wrestling, Beyond Wrestling, Limitless Wrestling, Women's Wrestling Revolution, and many others, the one and only Rich Palladino. Hey, folks, make sure to follow us. That's at the number three Irish boys with a Z on Twitter, on Podbean. Make sure you rate us, review us, subscribe. It helps us and it's helping our sponsors. Thanks so much for listening to our interview with Rich Palladino. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? JP here, and I'm here with Josh. And we have a friend of mine, a former ECW announcer in New England, chaotic wrestling's ring announcer, beyond wrestling ring announcer, the voice of New England, Rich Palladino. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Was that a um, suitable introduction? <laughs> it wasn't you doing it, so I don't know if it was suitable. <laughs> yeah, it's more than more than enough, please. I I usually when I get asked to be on a podcast, I usually ask the host, you must not have been able to get a good guest. So you go for the ring announcer. I love it. No, well here's the thing, like I know you have you have a story to tell on your whole career. I mean, you started <laughs> back with Tony Rumble. Yeah. So you've been around quite a long, like I wasn't around, I wasn't going to any shows at that time. I used to watch Tony, I used to watch you guys on Channel 23 in Boston. Yeah, yeah. You we, know, were on, so. uh, we were on a couple of different stations during that time and, you know, it always started with public access and then it ended up being a real thing. But uh, yeah, it's it's been it, a hell of a ride for 25 years. I can't believe this shit. You oh, know, can I swear? You can, yeah, absolutely. Okay. We will at some point, don't worry. <laughs> Right. We we also say the seven words you can't say on television, so it's fun that way. <laughs> All right, little George Carlin, I love it. <laughs> now, That's awesome. How did you get started? What brought you? What kind? Of, obviously, like the love of wrestling, but what brought you to say, "Hey, I can announce, I can, you know, do a few things around here." The fact that I knew I could never wrestle, so uh, that made it very easy. But as a kid, I always grew up listening. Like I always watched the ring announcer. That was always my thing. I, I mean. I'm 49 years old, so I grew up watching Joe McHugh and a guy I can call a friend now, Gary Michael Capetta. I mean, that's all we had out here, Saturday morning wrestling, WWF. Yes. Um, which, it's so funny. I, I mean, I was mesmerized by that stuff as a kid. Now I watch – I'm I'm a wrestling nerd, then no doubt about it. And I'm watching, like, all the all-star wrestlings from the beginning, you know, everything that they have on the network. And I'm like, oh, my God, this show was so bad. It was – 
<laughs> just squash matches. I mean, 10 minutes for Rene Goulet to go over on Jose Estrada. But as a kid, that was the greatest but, thing I ever saw in my life. And that's, But that's what wrestling kind of was back then. Yeah. Was It was a squash match with like a pseudo star and a job, a pseudo star yeah. and a job, and then the superstar versus superstar for the main event. Right. Right. You know, it, so. But that's, when, I mean. Oh, and, when it's two bi- and when it's two big men, it's like literally headlock for 30 seconds, reverse <laughs> headlock for 30 seconds. I'm going to throw you against the ropes, then I'm going to fall down, then you're going to fall out of the ropes, then we're going to catch our breath and do that all over again. Yeah. But they had the cr- they kept the crowd. Yeah. You know? and, but, I mean, that's what drew me in. I mean, so when I was a kid, um, you know, you guys had asked, you had asked, you know, what made me want to do this. I mean, I always paid attention to the ring announcer because I was always a big kid. And as I got older, I'm like, I'm never going to have the physical tools to do this, to actually be a wrestler. At one point I thought I was going to, when I was in high school, I met, um, I, I grew up in Reading, Mass and I, um, WWF used to come to my high school, um, every couple of years. And I remember at one show I got to meet Mario Mancini oh, and, uh, he had actually, I told him I wanted to be a wrestler and he gave me the number for, uh, what was Tony Altamore's gym in Milford, Connecticut, which was called Passarios Quest. And I remember coming home and telling my mom, you know, I grew up single parent household. My parents divorced when I was very, very little. So I remember telling my mom, who did not drive outside of that Reading bubble, that I was going to, she was going to drive me to Connecticut so I could learn how to be a professional wrestler. And she was like, that's like three hours away. I'm not, you're not doing that. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so I just figured, I always wanted to be the announcer. I always thought that would be a cool job because you're still part of the show. You're there, um, you know, and, you know, as long as you know your role, you're a part of the show. Yes. Um, and that was always it. And I always wanted to kind of like be the ring announcer that I never saw. I wanted to be – I didn't want to be Howard Finkel. I, w- I just wanted to be Rich Palladino, which I've tried to do for 25 years. Um, I guess it's worked. I mean um, – <laughs> For 25 years, I've been doing this. So, I mean, it's it's more than half of my adult life, which is kind of crazy. But, I mean, I'm living my life stream doing what I'm doing. So. Yeah, and that's what's cool is, like, I've been able to sit at a couple of shows with you yeah. and watch you watch the ring announcer. And you talk to me and you, you know, the <laughs> stuff you liked and you didn't like. And it's just cool because I know you pull the ring announcers aside and you give you give them the advice that those guys don't normally get that the wrestlers would normally get from a veteran. Yeah, well, I mean, I figure that's my part anyways, because um, I talked to one fellow announcer colleague in New England, and I always feel bad whenever I'm on a show and I end up stepping on somebody's toes or taking somebody's spot just because of what I've done. And I said, I just don't want to have heat with the boys, you know, anybody, any of the fellow announcers. And this guy said, the only heat you have is that you work for the good companies that actually pay. So, you know, and I mean... So, I mean, that's the one thing. So it's like I'm always willing to help somebody that's young and starting up because I feel like I feel like I've cemented my roots where I am. You know, I don't worry about if I mess up an intro at Chaotic that, you know, Fury's going to fire me and they're going to bring in another kid after, you know, 19 years. So, you know, I I mean, so, I mean, that's that's like the most confidence you'll hear out of me. Um, But I do like to help. Uh, anybody that has questions, I always tell young ring announcers, you have any questions, come talk to me or I'll do play by play with the guys down at XWA. And they're like, Oh my God, thank you so much. I'm like, you kidding me with three dudes sitting, sitting here talking about wrestling. And I got a cooler Bud Light right here. We're having a ball. That's, <laughs> that's all it is. Um, so yeah, so I, I'd love to be able to help out the best I can. Anyway, how did, how did ECW come about? Like, so you start with Tony rumble, oh, yeah. 
you go there, and I mean, ECW, I don't think that could have been too much later than that, right? No, so um, I started with Tony in 1993. I'd met him a year prior, and uh, believe me, uh, anytime I do a podcast, we never have enough time because it's hard to package 25 hours of yes. stuff into, into an hour. But um, I started with Tony in 93, and then ECW started doing shows up around here. They were doing, they did one show up in Salisbury, I want to say Salisbury Beach back in 95. And then they started doing Burlington and Revere around October 96. And Mel Simons was actually the ring announcer for those first okay. shows. So the next month, I knew Paul Richard and Mike Bonansky and they, you know, I didn't have to buy a ticket or anything. They'd always take care of me, which was great. And sure. when I went to the November show, Paul Richard was like, brother, do you have your tux? And I was like, of course I do. He goes, go get it. You're ring announcing tonight. So that was uh, November 23rd of 96. So that was it. I mean, it was just, I was a huge ECW mark as it was. I loved going to the shows just to see all the guys that I saw on TV or had just, you know, read about or seen on videotapes. And here I was getting the chance to ring announce for them for the very first time. It was surreal. Absolutely surreal. Because that's kind of, yeah, like you said, that's, that's you, that's making it right there, you know? Yeah, that was, honestly, that was like career, career highlight number one was no. just working for the third biggest company in the United States at the time. No, I should have actually asked. had more, more, I think they, they had more popularity than WCW probably uh, during most yeah, of the time. Yeah, I mean, that was the, the Spanish Channel era and I, the, the Univision era, I'd say absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it was just surreal. I mean, you just could not believe it. You know, you always go to a show. You always have your tux. Even if I go to another indie show, I always usually keep it in the yeah. back just in case somebody asks me to do something. Because at this point, if I can make a couple extra bucks, yeah. Right. And I love, I love doing it. So You know, what the, it's amazing how I could say it's, a, it's like always jump in the empty seat, always bring your gear. Now we got to always bring your tux. It's perfect. It's like the entire year all wrapped into one. <laughs> it is. It's, it, it's, it's so cool. Honest to God, I, I literally about a half hour ago got a Facebook message from a fan that comes to all the chaotic shows. And he had asked me if I was going to be at a uh, top rope show tomorrow. Wants to buy one of my T-shirts, which is always a nice little nice little kick, uh, kick back, especially after the holidays. And I, I, I'm always like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be there, but you never know where I'm going to show up because sometimes I'll go just to hang out in the back or see everybody because it's that whole brotherhood. It's a, that's what yeah. this whole business is all about. So yes. you never know where you, I'll show up. I'm like a bad penny. <laughs> I've seen you. I, I've Like I said, I've sat in audiences with you mm -hmm. watching shows, and I know, I, I know if certain people are on shows from out of town, I know you're going to show up. Yeah. Because it's friends you don't get to see all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Without a doubt, without. No. A doubt. So let me. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna interrupt because there's probably gonna be a lot of people that are listening that aren't gonna know how. Like some of the names that you've announced for, Rich. Some of the things that you've like the biggest. If you can just rattle off a list of people that you've just associate or just announced names of, and these are just for people like you guys have known each other forever, and yeah. your history is is. I'm just waiting for the book, really. <laughs> so just some of the names off the top of your head so people can start. I mean, Tony Rumble, I'm guaranteeing people have Googled that already. That, that That's going up the Google search button right now. But oh, other yeah. ones as well. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I can kind of take it like from today's stars and go backwards because yeah. I can look at half of the NXT and WWE but, roster but, and be like, well, these were regular guys in Chaotic or Beyond or wherever. Right. Um, so, I mean, Tommaso Ciampa, Sasha Banks, uh, Matt Riddle, Donovan Dijak, Kofi Kingston, um, Damian Sandow. Um, Warbeard. Oh, Warbeard Hansen. Um you know, just to name a few. Just to name a few. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think about the days when 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 uh, Sasha um, was Mercedes yeah. KV and chaotic, yes. and she had just you know, the whole deal with her was you know she did a fantasy camp at the old chaotic training center, which is now Brian Fury's New England Pro Wrestling Academy, and whoever was the big star of the camp, whoever impressed the coaches the most would get free membership to. You know, they wouldn't have to pay dues. They they have free membership to to the wrestling school. And she won it. She outshined all the guys in that class. I can't remember what year it was, but I'll never forget Jamie Jamikowski, um, who was the former owner of Chaotic, coming up to me at a show in Lawrence and going, Rich, this is Mercedes. Mercedes, Rich. Rich, she's all yours. She is your assistant at the table. Whatever you need her to do. Ring the bell, run the stopwatch, whatever. Because I do all of that. But I tell you, it wasn't more than two shows before she was already in the ring. So I, I just look at all that. And now, I, now working for Beyond for the past five and a half years, my God, the entire NXT roster has gone through, Look, you know, If they Beyond didn't go through, point. yeah, I was going to say, if they didn't go through Chaotic, they went through Beyond and vice yeah. versa. It's, yeah. You know, or both. It's, mm-hmm. Both of them are such a sort of a breeding ground. Like Chaotic, I think, makes them with the school. Yeah. And beyond, uh, I've never been to a Beyond show, believe it or not. Wow. But he, I'm right down the street, and I think like, I've had a few, like, i got to get I'm there. Gonna and then pu- I, I just want to punch you in the face for saying that. But like, he, oh, uh, I don't, I've never been to that show, because it's just down the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But Josh gets two shows a year in Montana. I heard. But That's they, um, but nasty. it's like he has such an eye for talent, because he catches them when they're young, when they're you know, before they've kind of broke out, which is cool, and it's not guys from around the area, right? And and that was the thing, you know, what drew me in. And, and there's one name I left off the list, and that's Biff Busick, aka Oni Lorkin, yes. who's literally one of my best friends in the business. And I remember when Beyond they used to just do tapings at the at the training center there in North Andover. You know, Beyond Wrestling was just a YouTube thing where they would just put on matches in front of the boys. And then just see how many hits. Now we're up to 1.2 million subscribers on YouTube. I think they're the only independent wrestling promotion over a million, right? Yeah. Or they were at one point. They actually have, I think, think WWE and I want to say Impact are the only two that have more YouTube subscribers. And I think we have more than Ring of Honor. So that's insane. So now all these opportunities are popping up. And believe me, there are big things coming up in 2019 that I'm not allowed to divulge. In fact, we're making an announcement at um, our Heavy Lies the Crown event at – oh, so I was going back to Biff. When they did their first real show, you know, the old website for Beyond Wrestling was Look Ma. Ma, No no fans. No fans, right? Because that was it. They, there were no fans. When they first ran their first show at Fet Music, which was American Rana 13, I called Biff and I go, what is this, what is this show at, at, at Fetty? What is Fetty Music? And, <laughs> and I saw, <laughs> honest God, it's F-E-T-E with one of those accent gimmicks over, I think, the, the, the last E. And I'm like, 
And he goes, I don't know. He goes, let me talk to the guy. Let me see what I can do. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a huge fan of Colt Cabana. I love everything Colt does um, to a point where it's like I consider him a friend now. He is we've we've got to that point where it's like I go to a Ring of Honor show and he's like getting me my bracelet. So I just hang out backstage. That's the kind of guy Cabana is. And I wanted to be on the show because Cabana was on it. And then I start looking at all these names. I'm like, wow, I've never worked with AR Fox and Johnny Gargano and all these other guys. And I was like, after that first show, I was like, this is this is awesome. Chaotic is always my home, but this is like indie heaven because it's all the guys that from New York, New Jersey, that other promotions never booked. <laughs> A lot of them are doing it now, but right. you yeah. know, yeah. And so that was the thing. So I was working with a bunch of guys that I I didn't know, and. I, I haven't missed a show in in five and a half years, and I still get a buzz. I get a buzz every time I step into that ring, no matter what promotion it's for. But I get really amped up for the chaotic, I mean, for the Beyond shows, like I do for a chaotic show. I've been doing chaotic for eighteen and a half years. I've been doing Beyond for five and a half, but every show is something different. So whether it was a Michael Elgin coming in, or a Tim Thatcher, or a Walter. Uh, it's just all these guys. I, I remember the first time we brought in Matt Riddle as a guest referee. I'm not an MMA fan. I mean, I'll watch an MMA fight. I didn't know who the hell Matt Riddle was. Yeah. Then we brought him in as a guest referee when he was just training at the Monster Factory. And now look at the guy. You know, it's yeah. it's it's insane. But like you said, I mean, Drew has a has an eye for talent for sure. And the good thing is, I've taken some of that experience that I've had with Beyond, and I've been able to bring some of those people into yeah. chaos. Which so you, is good for business everywhere, I think. Well, you look at like the JT Duns. I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were behind bringing him in because he wasn't at all like the chaotic mold, and now he's the top guy. Yeah, that that uh, I will admit that was all me. That was that was my first assignment. Jamie had said to me, "We got to mix things up in chaotic." This was maybe three years ago. He goes, "I want you to start recommending some of those guys that you work with and beyond that." don't really wrestle that much up here. And JT was the first one. JT had just moved back to Rhode Island from Philly. Yeah. And he was still doing indies everywhere. And I said, this is the first one I want to bring in. And we got him in. But I mean, since then we've had EYFBO. And I mean, so, I mean, I'll take credit for bringing JT in, but I also pushed to get Tasha Steeles on shows. And now she's our women's champion. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's just everything comes full circle. You know, it's just, no. You brought, I up, go. you, you brought up one word. I'm going to I'm gonna bust you up here real quick, JP. You brought up one word um, in American Rana. Mm. Like this year specifically, I mean, it was hot as hell. I mean, <laughs> the, the it just – it didn't matter. It was the, – the mixed match, the four-on-four, the, four four, the men and the women. Yep. When I Because I, I watch a ton of it. But for me, so far, I mean, that for me was my match of the year. Like when I watched that, it was all out – didn't matter anything whatsoever. It was just all out, and that you get that through the entire show. But yeah. that, that one specifically was insane. Yeah. How oh. do you how do you start a sh- yeah, and that was the opener. That yeah. Was, yeah. It was Dickinson, Jaka, and EYFBO, right against Lufisto. Wait, no, no, Kimberly, yep. Skyler, Jordan Grace, yep. and Mia Yim. Yes. I mean that's how. I, I, I defy somebody else to start a show like that. I mean, and that was it. And that, that, and honestly, there's like 500 people in that building. It was literally hot as hell. <laughs> yep. 
I mean, literally, I mean, I don't know how the fans do it, how they stand for that whole time, because that's the whole beyond experience is you got to be right up there pounding on the mat. We just ask you not to spill your beer on the canvas if you could. But, you know, everybody's standing right up against the ring. It's a very different experience. Um, But, yeah, that that match that that's at the pace for the entire night. And then you culminate it with a with a barbed wire match, and I still have a tear on the back of my tuxedo jacket from rolling yeah. my fat ass Whoa. in and out of the ring. But hey, that's on me. Well, that's you had Mike, me. you had Mike Quackenbush on a show with the death match. Yes, like literally a Chikara match on a yeah. show with the death match. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah, and we, we've been yeah. working with them a lot now lately too. It's been yeah. it, you know, seen that. Indie, independent wrestling is so hot right now. I mean, it's. It's insane, and I'll encourage anybody to subscribe to Powerbomb TV because yeah. I end up – I watch that more than WWE Network. Yeah. You'll see on Twitter, if I'm off on a Saturday and Chikara's running a show, you'll mm-hmm. see our Twitter blow up because we'll just – one of us will live tweet it the whole time. Yeah. yeah. You know, do everything but give away results because you got to watch the show to get the results. But Exactly. Exactly. Now, I want to go back to ECW, and I should have asked you if I could ask you this off the year. Sure. But there was a match at ECW – that you announced, and I think you know where I'm going. Of course, everybody does. Can you talk about that? <laughs> yeah, talk oh, about I've talked mass about it. Across. Yeah, the mass transit deal. That was yeah. my first show. That was I'm my. Just, sh- I didn't. I don't think I realized that. That's yeah. your first show ever, Rich. My first, first, no, my ever? first ECW show. First so C- I, okay, yeah, that was your I first been, ECW show. Yeah, that was wow. the one. That was the you have your tuxedo brother. Um, that was the. <laughs> Same Which, night. So. Wow. Paul Richards right place, every wrong time. sentence with the word brother. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I love Paul Richard. I do, too. Uh, he's such a good guy. Um, but, yeah, that was um, part of the, the lineup. The original match um, was supposed to be the Gangsters, New Jack, and Mustafa against uh, Devon Dudley and Axel Rotten were a tag team at that time. Because um, at this point, Bubba and Spike were baby faces and Devon was heel. And Devon had formed a team with Axel, God rest Axel's soul. And um, Axel, I, I, I know for a fact, that, that weekend he didn't come up to New England. His grandmother was very ill that weekend, and he did not make the trip. He stayed behind to be with his family. And uh, this, this kid who went – I mean he's been referred to as Mass Transit. He wrestled on – Rhode Island independent shows as Ralph Cramden, the bus driver for anybody that remembers the honeymooners. So he was all of easily 400 pounds. If he was an ounce, he was 17 years old. Um, I don't know what his formal training, if, if there really ever was any, um, I I can't speak to that and I won't speak to it, but I do know that he did work Rhode Island Indies and, he would work um, comedy matches with Tiny the Terrible and Half Nelson, the um, the midget yeah. wrestlers that are brothers. And, and you know, the funny ha-ha, hey, look at the two midgets beating up the one big guy. Funny ha-ha. Yeah. Well, you know, Eric Kulas, who was Mass Transit, um, he had come to the show with Tiny. And I don't know if his brother was there too, but they were trying to sell the match to Heyman, who was not interested. And somehow, I don't know how it happened because, again, that was my first night in. So I, I couldn't tell you anything that happened with right. the matches and whatnot. But um, somehow, he worked his way onto the card and ended up teaming with Devon. And we all know what happened. And, you know, it was honestly the scariest night 
I've ever lived in this business. It was, I always say it's when wrestling got a little too real. Um, you know, I don't want to glorify the whole situation, but you know, the, the, you know, new Jack did cut the kid open. The kid did ask for new Jack to blade him. Um, which I wouldn't encourage anybody to ask anybody else to blade them. I, I think only you can feel how deep that, that, that blade right. would feel on your forehead. So, um, and there was a shitload of blood. It, it was scary. I ran to the back. So I'll, I'll tell you my side. Um, I was at my table at ringside and I just looked up and I saw more blood than I've ever seen in my life. And I got really scared. And I remember the, if you watch the tape, you'll hear a voice and says, father, the kid's father is yelling, ring the effing bell. He's 17. Ring the fucking bell. And he's yelling at me because I'm there at the table with the bell. And I went to the back. I didn't want to. I just right. went, And I just, uh, I don't know if it was Paul Richard or Bonansky or Heyman. I don't know who exactly I saw in the back. But I said, uh, I think we have a potential problem out there. I said, there's a lot of blood. I said, I can't speak to it. But I said, I do think we need some towels and whatnot. And I went back to my post. And at that point. The thing was over and New Jack was looking for the house mic. So I got back just in time to hand it to him. And that's when he took the mic and put his foot on the kid's chest that I don't feed if this fat mother bleeds to death. I don't give a fuck, whatever. So the crowd was crowd loved it. Um, It was an ECW crowd. Yeah, it was a very ECW crowd. (laughs) But I mean, and, and the kid, I mean, he, you know. I mean, God, God rest his soul, but I mean, God love him. But he was asking Dreamer if he got the job on the way out on the stretcher. But I mean, it was just, it was complete chaos for lack of a better word. It was just nothing I had ever experienced in my life. And it was my first night on the ECW payroll. Scary. That's, that's I didn't realize it was your first night. I knew you were, I knew you were there for that. And I yeah. know you were probably the closest to it that wasn't in the ring, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I was the one that his father was yelling at to ring the bell. Yeah, that's, man, thank you. <laughs> I mean, not thank you for that story, but thank you for sharing that. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. No, so you come from, you go for, I, I try to stay on the timeline, and it's hard because between all between me and Josh, I think there's a lot of ADHD, and we jump around. <laughs> so from ECW, you bet you're at Chaotic. Yep. And with chaotic, like you're watching these guys come up, and you're watching the best of the best in New England. Absolutely, like I, I, I helped out at other companies. I'll say chaotic. The chaotic guys were always the top on the shows. Absolutely. And it, there's a reason on that, and it's the school. And you were you're part of the school, or you were to a point. Yeah, so, I was. I was kind of part of the management at, at at the beginning. Not not the management like ownership, but I I kind of had a role in like uh, booking and um, kind of laying out the shows and angles and. Stuff at the very, very early days um, of Chaotic. Uh, they gave me the title Talent Administrator because I would bring in, you know, a lot of the Kowalski guys got yep. their first shot at Chaotic based on my recommendations, having worked with them at Tony, with Tony Rumble. The one thing that we missed out on the whole story here was Chaotic started in 2000. Tony passed away November 13th of 1999. So we're yep. going on almost 20 years. So after Tony died everybody decided they were going to be a promoter because yes. you, you had Yankee pro wrestling down in Southeastern new England. You had Kowalski's IWF, which was basically a bunch of sold shows that Walter had and 
had a stronghold on and dominated with. And then you had Tony Rumble, who was kind of like Beyond Today, where he was bringing in the guys. You know, you remember Ace Darling and Devin yeah. Storm, you know, oh, Inferno yeah. Kid, all these guys that nobody had seen in New England. Those That's what Tony was bringing in back in the early to mid-90s. Um, so Tony passed away, and now everybody came out of the woodworks yeah. and be- decided to become a promoter. You know, it, it, literally, I, I can think of four or five that started in the year 2000. Easily, yeah. In New England. So. Yeah. And Chaotic was one of them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, Chaotic, NECW, the same thing. That was, you know, Sheldon was one of Tony's guys and yep. started NECW right after, you know. Yep. So Knuckles Nelson started doing, um, when NWA New England didn't kind of, really yeah. didn't, it, it was around, but it wasn't the same. No. And I remember Knuckles kind of breaking off and doing wrestling Star Wars up at Salisbury Beach. You know, he had that beautiful pavilion building, and he would do shows like every Saturday. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on after Tony passed away, but not many of them lasted. So, that's yeah, no, that absolutely not. And mm. like out of them, that's that was the cream of the crop or chaotic. Now, yeah. where does Beyond come in for you? Like, what what year did Beyond start up with you? So, I know the Lucrano fans days and. Yeah, for me, it was 2013. Um, They officially started, I want to say 2008, 2009, but in a garage in Ohio, um, which is where Drew uh, lived at one point, Drew Cordero, also known as Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place. Um, So that was way before my days. Even when they were doing the tapings at Fury's school, I wasn't even a part of that. There was no ring announcer. If anything, Sugar Dunkerton would get in there and like say the names and stuff. But like I said, it was just content for YouTube. Um, So I basically got myself booked. I I always joke and say, yeah, I invited myself to the party that nobody invited me to because I wanted to be a part of it. And I'll tell you, I, I, I took a far below what I normally get for a payday payday just because I wanted to be a part of that. And, you know, and that was like, uh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, the entire lineup, I mean, Eddie Edwards, Johnny Gargano, AR Fox, you know, Cabana. It's the first time I had met Jocka. It's like Dickinson, Drew Gulak. I mean, it was insane how much talent was on that first show. And every show after that felt like an American run. It was crazy. Yeah. And that's, you know, they have a, he does a good job of hyping everything up too. And, you know, and they got the New Year's Eve show, Will of Utah versus John Walters. Yes. How crazy. Like, those are, you know, they're two. John Walters has been around forever, and he's done a lot. The Lucha yeah. Underground stuff, a little bit with WWE, as far as, like, you know, the house shows and the Sunday Night Heat type of stuff. Yep. And but, the like, Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Yeah, ROH, yeah. So. yeah. You yeah. said Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. He was on Sunday Night Heat several That's times. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That is yeah, awesome. you know. And it was funny, and I don't mean to cut you off, JP, but John had actually just posted something the other day, and it was a match from Velocity. And it was, it, <laughs> honest wow. to God, it was a Velocity match, and it was Paul London and Brian Kendrick against John Walters and Brian Danielson. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So think yeah. about that. That was just, uh, and London and Kendrick were probably the champs at the time, and it was just, sure. you know, five or six minute squash, but it was a competitive squash. Yeah. You know? But think about that. I mean, that's that's mind blowing. He said that was fifteen years ago. So that'd be two thousand three. That's uh, insane. But John, is. John is legitimately, and I know I said it earlier with Biff, but John and I have been together, working together for 
since he started. Uh, he you was guys, one of the guys I brought to Chaotic. Well, you guys were riding buddies for a while, right? Oh, yeah. And now when he comes home, we still are. So, <laughs> I mean, how good of a match is him versus Willie Uta going to be? It's going to be insane. In fact, um, you know, his first match that he had on Halloween night with John Gresham. So John, John's a, a, he's a, he's a traveling man. He's living in uh, Sarasota, Florida area right now. Yeah. He was in California for the past few years. He stopped wrestling about three and a half, four years ago. He didn't leave his boots in the ring. He didn't say, this is going to be my last match. He had a, he did a series of matches with Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy really liked working with him because John was awesome. like, yeah, John was like the big heel in big time wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like their champion and whatnot. And he had one match against Matt Hardy at Webster Town Hall. And just right then and there, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a break. I'm all done. I'm moving to the West Coast. You know, I'm not, I'm just going to stop wrestling. And then that was just it. It was no, like I said, no big retirement, no nothing, just not taking bookings anymore. And then uh, he was moving from California to Florida, but he's from, he's from Massachusetts. So he's from, uh, you know, Metro West area, we'll say. Yeah. And he was coming home for the summer and he calls me and he goes, thinking about maybe doing a match or two in chaotic maybe help out some of the young guys i said that's awesome he's like don't say anything i'm gonna talk to fury yada 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 and um that turned into four matches and they were four amazing matches one with Ilya, Ilya markopoulos one with josh briggs which was amazing and then came in and put over jt dunn in a great match for the heavyweight title and then his last match before moving back to florida um, he put over MJF. So, I mean, MJF, who is the most cocky, arrogant prick you could ever want to meet. I love him, but he he's says better to me, than you. He, he, and you know it. And he <laughs> he came up to me after that. And he goes, "That is the best person I have ever wrestled." Wow. And I was like, "That's that's pretty high praise." So. Um, so Beyond is going to start using John. Um, I think this will be the first of several appearances. So, okay. yeah, and like you said, him against Wheeler, Utah, I mean, I am pumped for that. I want to see him in Hot Sauce, too, at some point. But um, he had that match with John Gresham on Halloween night. That was basic scientific chain wrestling. Uh, Josh, did you see that one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and, and honestly, like the finish was like a punch out of nowhere. I mean, all they did was Matt wrestle, and I've never seen the crowd in Worcester just be like in awe, just staring. And then there was just one punch thrown. I think John said at the end of the night, I think he said he'd only taken, they'd each taken maybe three or four bumps during the whole match. And that was it. There was no high final. It was just, it was all, it reminded me a lot of a couple um, matches that RBD and Jerry Lynn would have, but they never got on the top rope. It was just all Matt reversal. It was just, it was amazing, man. Yeah. So this is going to be something for uh, for New Year's Eve. It's just going to be insane. So, so is this? So the New Year's Eve, you're doing the WWR show, and then the show after that. Is it going to be both? On no, WWR is on the thirtieth on Sunday. Um, Heavy lies the crown is on New Year's Eve. So we're running the women's show on Sunday. Okay. And then the men's show on Mon- uh, Well, the Beyond show on Monday, New Year's Eve. And one of the interesting matches is going to be we're doing the TFT, the we we call it the tag fucking tournament. Yeah, um, we did the men's 
men's tournament uh, last month, and the Beaver Boys won, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Um, they are going to take on the winners of the female TFT. So whoever wins the women's tournament on Sunday goes to Heavy Lies the Crown to take on the Beaver Boys in intergender, which will probably open the, open the show and steal the show. So um, Again, you know, it's just a, one, I, of them. one of those. Hey, JP, we got, we're a half hour in. Let's take yep. a break real quick and we'll pay your bills since you have more <laughs> right. bills than me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, Smarks, your boys J Bomb and Desmino here to tell you that if you're enjoying this awesome podcast, then you'll love ours over at Talkamania. Weekly episodic podcastic adventures, as well as additional content such as our 10 count episodes, prediction shows, contests, and more. What is Talkamania exactly? Well, just a couple dudes from Canada who grew up on pro wrestling through the 80s, 90s, the Attitude Era, WCW, to the now, man. We live tweet, we periscope, we drink beer. We're Canadian, eh? You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast kicks from. And give us a listen and a subscription. You can also find us on Twitter, at underscore Talkamania. Be part of the Talkamania family. Be a Talkamaniac, brother. Hey, TIW Mafia, it's the Yeti. Hey, let's get serious for a second here. Let's talk about sex, like good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, guys. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Guys, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Hey guys and gals, my package is on its way. And remember, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in a pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Listen, guys, I don't have erectile dysfunction. Even if it's not, even if you don't, this is an enhancement. And listen to this. This is amazing, guys. Listen to this right now. They're made right here in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. That's right, TAW Mafia. Visit BlueChew.com. Remember that's the color blue and get your first shipment free that's right free when you use our special promo code irish that's i-r-i-s-h folks and just pay five dollars shipping again that's b-l-u-e chew.com promo code irish try it free guys Greetings, wrestling fans. This is Dave Dynasty, host of the Dave Dynasty Show, the podcast that every week brings you nearly two hours of pro wrestling goodness from the Midwest. We feature interviews with the legends of the past, stars of today, and the prospects of tomorrow. We have segments that feature classic wrestling audio, whole episodes devoted to the history of Midwest pro wrestling, and much, much more. Do not miss an episode of the Dave Dynasty Show. We are available on all podcast platforms. Platforms, or you can access past episodes and all of our social media links by visiting DaveDynasty.com. Be good, be safe, and keep on growing. All right, guys, we're back. Second half of the show here. Check out the podcast that we just played. Um, check out, are you still, is uh, Let the Chaos Begins? Are you guys still doing that? I know Jamie. Yeah, we, um... And thank you for that, because um, Jamie always makes sure any interviews I do, make sure you plug the Let the Chaos Begin podcast as part of the NAI Pop Network um, with our friends in the New Age Insiders. Um, we are restructuring right now because while Jamie stepped away from ownership of Chaotic, um, now he he's 
loving podcasting. So every other week we do Let the Chaos Begin with yeah. myself and Jamie. We talk about the old days of Chaotic. And then on the alternating weeks, he and Scotty Slade have their uh, For the Pops podcast. Yeah. So, um, you know, Jamie being Jamie, you know, he's in Hawaii. So, you know, his parents yeah. have a beautiful home in Hawaii. Um, and with me having a real job, a wife, two kids, two dogs – and this crazy weekend warrior schedule I have, it gets kind of hard for us to connect. So we're actually having a meeting with the guys from the New Age Insiders. Um, actually, we just had a group text today. So we are going to be back in 2019. It's okay. just I, I'm as guilty as anybody. Um, my wife had some surgery a couple months ago, which kind of uh, put me out of commission for being available to run all around and do podcasting. But Jamie's been great. He'll come to my house, and we've done a couple here and – uh, we live a good hour apart from each other, but we will be doing more. So I, thank you for asking. I I loved let the chaos, I love let the chaos begin because I was a fan. So like the stuff you guys are talking about, I remember either watching or hearing about if I wasn't at the show. Yeah. So it's really cool to get that perspective of it. Yeah, it's a lot uh, of fun. I I need to jog know, my the, memory a lot with those too because the, I forget a lot of that stuff. The Cena McMahon story, like that episode, because. When that happened, I was at an NECW show, and let me tell you how many pitches of Malonis went around with in in oh, the yeah. locker room that same night. And like, you know, back the, in that age, there was some not heat, but like jealousy. I think between promoters because they weren't doing the same stuff Chaotic was getting. Yeah, Chaotic not, used to get a real bad rap in the early days too. There wasn't a single instance of that from what I saw with the promoters I was around. It was all just like pure happiness for Chaotic, for Brian. Yeah. You know, so it was really cool. And I'd say that was really a unifying moment in New England wrestling, actually, because everybody was happy about it. Yeah, and I just I wish I obviously we could only do so much with publicizing that because A, we had John Cena who was WWE champion at the yeah. time as a guest referee. And then the chairman of the board, Mr. McMahon himself, shows up unannounced to anybody in that building, the referees, <laughs> the announcers, the wrestlers. The only one that knew was Jamie and maybe a couple of the other office people. And not to get off topic, but I don't know if you've, you've – I know I told the story on my podcast, but you know, Vince McMahon came to the ring when Rick Fuller and Brian Malonis were both down – and John Cena were all down on the mat. And he went over to Malonis and said, are you the heel or the yep. baby? And Malonis said, I'm the heel. And Vince goes, stand up. And that's when Vince stands up. We got that picture that our good friend Mike Jass took of Vince McMahon raising Brian Malonis's hand in the air. That's... You talk surreal. You look at that picture. You can see Malonis's face. He is as stunned as he didn't yeah. know that Vince was coming out. I, I think Honestly, I think it was John Cena, his dad. And Jamie were the only ones that knew. And Vince and Linda pulled up in a limo, back door, watched on the monitor, waited for a spot, and then just came out. That we're in. Where does that happen? And and then we said that night, we're like, where do we go from here? There's that's, nowhere else to go. That's probably his only independent wrestling appearance yeah. in yeah. history. Yeah. You we're know. very fortunate. Uh, the things I've seen. So, yeah, insane. Josh. You want to talk about the... <laughs> The biggest names that he's announced matches. I forgot you know, about that Cena guy. Was, yeah, Cena was <laughs> Cena and Vincent K. McMahon. How'd you say his name? John Vince. what? Cena. 
which would be the same way he says it because he's from about an hour north of here. Senior. No. Not senior. No, they they so senior, whatever. Oh my god. Oh, uh, whatever. They did. Yeah. I used to so, commentary with his dad, you know. With Jay Fab. To commentary with Johnny Fabulous, and I, I'll never forget. I had a um, I had a tryout with WWE back in 2003, which could be an episode in itself. And I saw Cena, and he shook my hand. And he says, "You keeping an eye on my pops?" <laughs> yes, I am, John. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Can you help me get a job? Huh? <laughs> yeah, but didn't happen that way. But, um, but yeah, I were. I, <coughs> excuse me. I loved working with Fabo, though. He was yeah. he was a character. Still is. is. Still is. No, no. What was it? What's a tryout like for the WWE for a ring announcer? So I actually went in as a tryout for a uh, as a backstage correspondent. Okay. Um, Doctor Tom Pritchard used to do camps at our school, and anytime any celebrity, any big name in the business would come to the school and do a class. uh, To me, you don't have to take a bump to sit there and learn something. So I would always be there. And Dr. Tom took a shine to me for some reason. And after two or three of these camps, um, he called me up to the office. It was me, him, uh, Jamie, and Ben Lantini, who was one of the other owners of the company, and said, uh, you really want to pursue this? I said, yep. He goes, all right, you have a tryout October. It was like two days. It was like a Raw and a SmackDown. And he said, you know, bring your tux. He goes, but it's not going to be for a ring announcement thing. Um, it's going to be more for a backstage correspondent. They are looking for somebody. So, oh, that's great. And that was what it was. So I went to Hartford. I went to Mohegan Sun for Raw on Monday night and Hartford Civic Center for uh, SmackDown on Tuesday night. And um, I had my my audition Monday night. And it was, again, another surreal moment that obviously didn't pan out. Um, But they said, uh, we're going to put you in this room. Don't get nervous, but we're going to send in a WWE superstar, and you're going to interview them on the fly. Um, we want to see what your knowledge is of the current storylines and product. Okay. Nervous as hell. I'm like, is it going to be Shawn Michaels? Is going to be Ric Flair? Um, all of a sudden, I feel this hand on my shoulder. It's Chris Nowinski. Okay. Who, who this yeah. just couldn't have been – I mean, I couldn't have felt more comfortable. And we did this great interview, and he worked with me, and we did everything, and – Right hand to God, Al Snow and Brooklyn Brawler were behind the camera, and Al Snow turns to Brawler and goes, somebody go tell Josh he just lost his job, meaning Josh Matthews. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And then I did some more stuff with Coach, and it it was insane, and it went very well, but I didn't fit the demographic. So I was 34 or 35 at the time, and those are the days of Josh Matthews and the spiked hair and the funky jewelry and the tattoos, and that's what they went with. It was for a syndicated show, I think, called Afterburn. Um, that he and this uh, girl who went by the name Rue something or other um, ended up hosting. So I didn't get the job, but I had my tryout. And that's after I didn't get the job. That's when I told my wife, all right, you want to really have kids and stuff? All right, well, I guess we can start planning that because I'm not going to be working for WWE right now. So Yeah, I mean, that's, I think everything happens for a reason. I think you're, you know, like you said, you were able to start your family. because If you had started yeah. your family and then went on the road, you know, yeah. It's not yeah. like the old days where, you know, you work the New England shows. Now you work everywhere. When you yeah, work, exactly. You know what I mean? So. But now my twins, we have twins, and they're they're going to be 13 in February. I think they're old enough now. I'm, the back of my mind tells me let's, let's give it one more shot. I do want to try and see if I can get some kind of uh, more exposure in 2019. Um, 
I don't know. I say there's always got to be a market for another mean gene. So yeah, absolutely. I, and that's the thing is, I got more hair. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Can you say fuck it as good as he does? Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. And, and, you know, I did. It, it was so funny. I don't know. <laughs> fuck it. Right. Um, it was funny because I did an interview with uh, Sydney Bacabella. We were oh, doing yeah. something in uh, for one of uh, Caleb's New England All Star Wrestling shows yeah. over the summer. And we were doing an interview, and Bacabella's like, hey, you know, because you remember when, when Sid fucked up on live TV and, and Mean Gene goes, oh, Jim Ross goes, we're live, pal. I wanted to do one of those. And he goes, can we do that? And I said, absolutely. So between Mean Gene's fuck it and Jim Ross's, hey, we're live, pal, those are two of my favorite announcing what? moments ever. <laughs> so now I've done the we're live, pal. I, I got to do the the fuck it. So that that probably happened at a Beyond show because I do swear a lot on those. So, <laughs> well, you get yeah, you get through the Beyond Beyond shows are are they twenty one plus or is that just their general ticket sales? That's just their general ticket sales. There's a handful of kids there, and I always warn them at the beginning. You know, hey, you know, wrestlers are going to yeah. fly out of the ring. Protect yourselves. Sometimes I'll tell the kids earmuffs because I will swear. Um, the guys from Powerbomb love it. I, I asked them when we first started doing stuff with Powerbomb TV. I'm like, can I swear? They're like, we actually encourage it. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, I always apologize to the parents on the side. But it's just but the, 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 the whole reason it came up, though, was when I did my first Beyond show, every match had like a title, like first time ever, uh, you know, behemoth versus whatever. Everything had a title. Well, they had a tag match, and it was called – it said the fucking tag team match. And I said to Drew that first night, I said, I said, do you want me to announce it as that? He goes, ah, let's do it. See what happens. And I did it, and the place went banana. So as Pat Patterson would say, the place went banana. So, um, <laughs> right. so ever since then, it's kind of become a thing depending on – the building and the crowd and whatnot. Sometimes I don't do it at all. Like when we were in Melrose at that memorial yeah. hall, oh, we had to keep everything clean. And I, I remember I announced Nick Gage as Nick frickin' Gage. And he goes, friggin'? And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. Because he loves when I, I do a big, big friggin' intro for Nick. Yeah. He had me do it for him on the streets, uh, on Bourbon Street in New Orleans this past April. He's just... That's you talk about a guy, an intimidating human being. That's Nick Gage, and now I'm very happy that he likes me. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's one of those guys that I like having on my side. He's such a good dude, but very intimidating when you first meet him. But um, yeah, so we just went off topic no. big time. I, no, yeah. actually, it's kind of on topic. <laughs> what I think JP's going to ask the question before I do. Okay. We, I, Nick I Gage and Nick Gage, and David, <laughs> okay. Nick Gage and David Arquette. How how well how much of a valuable lesson did David Arquette learn? Oh my God! He even said it himself. Arquette, yeah, he panicked. You know, he didn't. He turned or something, and the and the the light tube had hit him in the neck or something, and he panicked and didn't know how to react and whatnot. But you know, I I get it. Uh, that, that that was supposed to be Nick Gage against Joey Ryan, right? Yeah. And Joey Ryan obviously had that um, bicep tear or tricep tear, whatever he um, poor Joey been out for a while. Yeah, and that yeah that was that was some scary shit. I, I, I would have freaked out too, though, you know? And he handled, I think Arquette handled himself great. Yeah. I actually think, uh, and I argue, me and Josh will argue this, I think Arquette's great for wrestling. Yeah. I, I do now. 
Yeah. But I was arguing it before now, though, and you know that, Josh. I know. It was the headline of everything when he won the WCW title. It front page of the newspapers. Yeah. And it's the same way now. Every match he's in becomes relevant with him in it, whether he's getting nearly killed or, you know, he's doing a regular match. It's TMZ all over it, so... Yeah, well, I would I say he's any... wrestling. Isn't he wrestling Colt soon? Yes. Or am I? I believe so. Yes. I just they're saw that. Tease, they're starting to tease something on Twitter. Okay. That's going to be cool. I would love yeah. to see that. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, you, you brought up WrestleMania and Bourbon Street and all that. I think I watched about two or three hours of you interviewing people. What was that like for you? Because you did the um, at WrestleCon. Yeah. You, I've done what it, was so... Powerbomb? Yeah, that was uh, that was right place, right time. I've done that now for two years. Um, I had landed in Orlando, so so Beyond had done shows WrestleMania weekend uh, in Orlando and New Orleans. When I landed in Orlando, somebody had picked me up at the airport and brought me over to the arena where the Beyond and all the WWN shows we were doing, like with Evolve and and um, Chikara and everybody. We're on a di- the other side of Orlando. We're in Fern Park. And Caleb Seltzer calls me and he's like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm just getting to the building. I just got off the plane. I've, I'm in, you know, I got my bags and everything. What's up? He goes, I'm running the camera for title match wrestling. I need somebody. They need somebody to do interviews with wrestlers at WrestleCon. I'm like, dude, free admission to WrestleCon. I'm there. I'm like, can you come pick me up? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what do I need to do? He's like, he says, nothing. I'm just going to give you a microphone. We're going to interview people. I'm like, dude, I'm wearing a baseball cap and a Beyond Wrestling hoodie. He's like, doesn't matter. Don't worry. I'm coming to get you. And that was it. And Mm -hmm. I just went around and I would just go to every booth. And there are some wrestlers that didn't want to be bothered. They just want to sit there and sell their merch. But I would go up to everybody respectfully. Luckily, a lot of the guys I knew, anybody I didn't, I would just introduce myself. And a lot of them want the exposure. You know, hey, I'm like, hey, they got 75,000, 80,000 subscribers, whatever. Sure, let's do an interview. What are we talking about? I'm like, whatever you want to talk about. Um, So I ended up, one of the interviews I did, though, in Orlando was with uh, Aaron Stevens, Damian Sandow, who at that time had just finished with Impact, but hadn't told anybody that he didn't resign, that he did not resign with them. And he's an old friend of mine. I knew yeah. him from the first day. During the interview, he tells me that he did on the microphone. He says, "I, you know, and I'm not resigning with Impact. I'm not sure what I'm doing next. I might go to acting or whatever." So we get off the interview, and he goes, "Hey, you're my friend. You're the first person I've told. Do whatever you want with that." Wow! It got picked up by Sports Illustrated online. It <laughs> was on um, CNN. Dot com under the sports section, Damian Sandow announces retirement, question mark, and there's me in a Hawaiian shirt. That was the second day. At least I dressed <laughs> up for that one. But uh, it, it, the thing had like 26,000 views on title match wrestling. The guy's like, what the hell? This is like the most downloads we've had for an interview. I'm like, I'm your guy. You're so welcome. <laughs> that was it. So then we did um, – and then he he booked me again for this past year in, in New Orleans. Um we had some audio cable audio issues though. Um, so there's way more interviews in the can that I actually did in new Orleans, um, that haven't aired yet just because he's, the audio is all kind of screwed up. There was some kind of loose wire Ah. and yeah. And they didn't have uh, a headset when we were in new Orleans. So, um, the guy running the camera didn't have a headset, could not hear that the microphone, all you needed basically was some black 
electrical tape or something to put around it. So a lot of the interviews ended up being very staticky. So there's about seven or eight out there that are actually on YouTube on the title match wrestling um, thing. But I was happy because two of my favorite interviews that I did three, actually it was one with Eric Bischoff, um, one with rock and roll express and one with one of my favorite people on the Indies, Rachel Ellering. Those are all up um, on. But you'll see there's one of me and Victoria in a cutout a lot too. So um, hope hoping that that's going to be another thing next year uh, in New York. Right now I'm booked for um, Wrestling Revolver, uh, Sammy Callahan's promotion. I'm going to be doing Pancakes and Pile Drivers okay. um, Saturday morning in New York City. And um, Powerbomb TV is doing a... Um, a family reunion thing, which is going to be like a lot of different promotions that are on Powerbomb. So I'm going to be a part of that as well. That's what I've got lined up right now and hopefully more to come. So. I'll tell you what, I'll buy you a round while I'm out there because <laughs> I'm planning on going. I have, I don't think I'm going to WrestleMania. I don't want to spend on the ticket, but I want to go down. I want to be a part of the whole environment. Like I'll do WrestleCon and that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah it's a lot of I'll fun. Get to be a get to be a fan for a weekend, be a mark. Yeah. Oh, please. I'm, I'm know, a working mark. I always tell yeah. people I'm like I'm like the well, ultimate wrestling nerd. So, when I was describing you to Josh, like your personality yesterday, when I was talking to Josh about it, I was like, Rich said he'll do it. You know, sure. like your personality is you're the veteran, but most of the veterans are so grizzled, <laughs> and they really are. But you yeah. still genuinely love professional <laughs> wrestling. It's funny. That's what yeah. Matt Matt West and Rich Bass said when I was on their radio show. They're like, "You're not bitter on the business." I'm like, "How can I be? I'm doing this. These Sunday and Monday are going to be my 70th and 71st shows of 2019, uh, 2018. You know, and I, I I do all right. I do all right. I mean, it's 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 nice to pick up a payday, a couple of paydays in a weekend, and tell my wife, "Hey, no, you don't have to go to the ATM here. I've, I." wrestling yeah. wrestling bought us you know groceries this week or something you know you see the big the good indie wrestlers buy a new car i i buy groceries but um <laughs> but no i have no reason to be bitter this is all i've ever wanted to do and nobody's really done me wrong i mean well yet i probably just jinxed it but so there's a few things though with your love of wrestling is like You've been around forever. You're definitely like an old school guy, but you definitely still love the new school of wrestling. Yeah. I I, I and, get a thrill out of and, the, these new guys that are breaking out. When I watch LAX on Impact, oh, yeah. I, I, and I remember they were on that first American run. I had no idea who the hell they were. And I'm there with my little notebook. Really? I'm like, what is it? Drastic, Mike Drastic, D R A Z T. Okay, but I say it like drastic. Yes, okay. And you are what? I'm the Funky Monkey, Angel Ortiz. Okay, and what's E Y? Does anybody know what E Y F B O stands for? I do. Okay. You can Josh, say it. Entertaining your fucking balls off. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I had the E wrong. I thought the E was enjoy. No, it's entertaining your hey, fucking man. balls off. Yeah. So you know, it's just. That, you know, that's that's the thrill I get when I watch a Josh Briggs. When I watch, uh, I call him my. We, he calls himself my wrestling son. I'm his wrestling dad, Anthony Green. I you know, I've known him since he was a fan. Yeah, and it's same. funny because my son's name is Anthony, so I always call Ag my son, and or he'll text me be like, "Hey, hey, dad," you know. 
so it's just I, I get a thrill watching Briggs and JT Dunn and Anthony Green and Cam Zagami and all these young kids that I've known from the beginning. When I see them making bigger names themselves, it's it gives me a thrill. You know, the hard part the hard part for me is like I don't think you can go or do anything else because like I can't I can't fathom watching a show for chaotic or or even WWR at this point where you're not part of that. That's the hard part for me, man. I appreciate that. And and you know what? The realistic side of me says, all right, am I really going to be doing this forever? Part of me says, yeah, I am. And, you know, but part of me says, all right, there's going to be a point where I'm not going to do this anymore, but I'm going to really resent. I'm going to really regret it if I ever do walk away. I have no plans right now, but, um, you know, there are times when my wife's pissed, like New Year's Eve, that I'm working. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, I, I and I couldn't picture those shows without me on them either. So I, I appreciate that sentiment. How, how many chaotic shows have you missed? I think no more than five, maybe, in 18 years. Um, I missed... But I missed two in 2017. One, my daughter had a cheer competition in Myrtle Beach. And another one, I think we had a family wedding. I know I've missed two for family weddings. One for my daughter's cheer competition. One for my brother-in-law's wedding. But we wrote, we worked a storyline where uh, Warbeard actually punched me. I've taken maybe four bumps in my entire career. And we did a whole angle when Warbeard was Handsome Johnny and he and Psycho had split up as a tag team. And Warbeard was the heel. We did a thing, and it was his idea. He goes, what if I punched you on a show? I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's going to hurt because I don't know how to fall. But, um, but yeah, so I, probably five, maybe total, maybe six. We did a storyline where I got fired by Sean Gorman when he was the, com- when he was yeah. the president. That was all storyline driven so I could come back and spear him. So I don't really count those. But, yeah. Only a handful. I, I have to be dead to miss a show. Yeah, I that, really that's do. crazy. And like yeah. you said, like New Year's Eve, your wife obviously wants to go out and you're like, yeah, wrestling. You know, at this point in our lives, we've been married 22 years. Um, she just had, uh, she just had a, which uh, basically had brain surgery. She had a tumor Jeez. on her pituitary gland, which you can't plan for. But they were able to right. go in. They were able to go in through her nose rather than opening her skull to get it. So. 22 years of marriage. She just had uh, brain surgery. She's doing awesome. Um, but it's not a matter of going out. It's a matter of being at home and watching the ball drop with our twins or going, you know, out with the family for Chinese food or something. And I'm going to go put on my tuxedo, bring a cooler of Bud Light and, <laughs> you know, play wrestling announcer for the night. But, you know, it's it's times like that. That's kind of tough. And she loves to tease me like, oh, we're going to come to WrestleMania with you. I'm like, no, you're not. Because I don't, I don't sleep. I'm working constantly, and you know, I won't be able to see you. But yeah, but yeah, that's what we're trying to do for that. I'm trying to get a few different podcasts to go down there and just get a uh, like a big Airbnb and just have fun, party. Yeah. And, oh, you yeah. know, if we can podcast a little bit of it, cool. Sure. If not, it's whatever. We're gonna. I mean, I I know I'm gonna have fun. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know? can't you can't go there and not. There's so much to do wrestling wise i went to houston in 25 and that was probably one of the best weekends i've ever had i'm jealous because i didn't go to that one i've only this will i i did orlando and new orleans and new orleans we were doing the podcast back then 
we were, I was doing this back then. I had stopped for a yeah. while in between, and we had a couple of friends that were that worked for Booker T's promotion. Oh, so I was I had a couch to crash on. We worked security at Booker's. Uh, Booker did like a big autograph sign with a bunch of guys, so I got to work with. I was security for Kevin Nash, basically, for one of the days I was there, which was pretty cool. Not a bad gig to have. No. And, you know, we we took in everything. We took in the, the WWE's Fan Fest there. We took in WrestleMania, the Hall of, the Hall of Fame. We were sitting up in the cheap seats, and mm-hmm. across from us was Cherry Lynn. Oh, my God. He was there because I think he was on a Ring of Honor show or something. Yeah. And so I tried to grab him at the end. I, you know, I'm not going to interrupt him during the show. That's not my style. I wanted to get a picture with him at the end, though. Yeah. But they were getting him out. He was heading to another show from there. He's a good dude. I, got, I, I grabbed an interview with he and actually Mikey Whipwreck together in New Orleans that I, I'm yet to see because of the audio issues. But Jerry's a really good dude. Yeah, that's uh, so. That's I haven't done Mania since then, and I haven't like. I don't even think I did the Boston one. Well, the best part is we don't have to fly. Right, yeah, I'm just I'm probably gonna jump a bus down there and yeah. Hey, we're, we're, we're coming up on an hour, and I don't I know you yeah. JP's uh, JP's got to take a nap because he's old. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just scroll I'm scrolling through stuff, and I know it, it's funny because I'm not gonna name the promotion, but um, this is male wrestler of the year for 2018, and it, it's funny they've got Ace Romero, Anthony Green, uh, Josh Briggs, and JT Dunn. Hmm. I know, I, I know the promotion too. I work for them. Um, that's a tough in, one. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Limitless. Lim- limitless. Yeah, yeah. That's, one limitless. it's one of my other homes. I'm sorry, Chris Dickinson's on there as well. So Ace Romero, Anthony Green, Chris Dickinson, Josh Briggs, and JT Dunn. Can you guys guess who's leading this right now? Wow. Um, I would say either Ace or AJ. Let me. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read, and this is in no particular order. Percentages of votes with 131 in. Okay. Okay. Um, one individual has twelve percent. One of the another individual has twelve percent. Another one has eighteen. Another one has eight, and the one in front has forty nine percent. Wow. I'm gonna See, go with probably Ace because he's from Saco, Maine, and Limitless cool. is Maine, Maine country. So I'm I'm gonna go with AC baby, I guess, with the forty nine. Yeah, I was thinking Ace because the pounce. The Pounce was at a Limitless show, right? Oh, no, that was not at Limitless. That, that wasn't was at Limitless? some Indy in New York somewhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You guys, so you going to both going with Ace? I'm going with Ace for sure. Yeah, I know Ace is the hometown boy. Okay, I'm going to read this. In it's North probably going to be AG. <laughs> it is. It's Anthony Green with 49% of the vote. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. But you know what, though? I mean. It's so good. So good. It, for someone that was told he'd never be anything, I'd, I'll he'd never, never forget, be a wrestler. You know, I, I work with Joe Bruin on that Hall of Fame, the the New England yes. Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame every year, and I'll never forget one of the older ones, maybe seven eight years ago. And AG came up to me. He's like, "Hey, Richie, hey, guess what? I'm gonna start. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna start training with Bob Evans." And then I'm like, really? And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a referee." And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And then he, that's where he started refing, and then yeah. He wrestled as Anthony Green, and then all of a sudden he told me, he said, hey, I'm going to start doing this uh, retrosexual thing, so I want you to work on an intro, and here's what I want you to say, and all this other stuff, and now we've added so much more to it. 
it's be, it's taken on a life of itself of its own because sometimes I'll announce him as the leader of the fanny pack, <laughs> um, <laughs> the Uncle Jesse of professional wrestling, yeah. and you're welcome for the whole full house. He writes a lot of these. Like we yeah. we actually sit down and and he's like, let's do all these. But my favorite is the Rubik's Cube of professional wrestling because the longer you play with it the harder it gets. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that without telling him. I just threw it in at the last Limitless show at the end of November, and they the fans popped. And I was getting out of the ring. I'm like, you're welcome. Uh, you know, but it's just, he's just done so much. Like, yeah. it's amazing. But I could do a whole he, podcast about that kid. I love him. Yeah. he j- He's so driven, and he knows what he wants. Yeah. He knows what he's he's taking advice for. I've had to, every time I see Anthony, we have a conversation about what his he'll and he'll say to me, ah, I'm pretty close. I think I can get combat zone wrestling this year, and then like a month later he'll be there. Yeah. You know, he knows what he's doing. He knows the steps he's gotta take and how to take them and Yeah. He's great doing kid. a great job at it. Great Rich. Kid. Yes. I thank you so much for doing this. Taking an hour. Sorry. I know you got you're busy. Your busy life at home, podcasting, announcing, family. I, I appreciate your time. My um, I'm glad that me and you have had that this year. I mean, me and Rich have crossed paths a lot. <laughs> but really this have. year, we've kind of really become friends. You know what I mean? So yeah. thank you. I appreciate we, that. Didn't we watch a big fight at Caleb's place we recently, did. too? We did. We watched, uh, was it was the boxing Mayweather? match. Mayweather? McGregor McGregor? Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yep. That was probably and, a little over a year ago, maybe, but, you know. but My, uh. I had my cousin Rory with me, and we leave, and he's like, that rich guy's really cool. And then I explained who you were to him, and he's calling up his brother, who was an old ECW fan, going, yeah, this is who I just watched the fight with. Yeah, that, 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 that's the kind of stuff that blows my mind. And in all honesty, like, I'm, like I said, I'm not bitter. I love everything about this business. But when I get asked to do interviews and stuff like this or people thank me, I'm like, nah, man, we're just three dudes talking about wrestling. You know, it's, I, I, just, I, I love it. Someday I'll outgrow it. My father's still waiting for me to outgrow it. My but, my parents say that to me all the time about it. Yeah. Bullshit. We're never going to outgrow this. No. <laughs> I'm, 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 before we, my mom, uh, 81 years old, God lover. She lives in a, like a retirement village now, and she has like my eight by ten. She oh. wanted one of my eight by tens. It says like two mommy. Oh. You know, thanks for everything. Love you. Whatever. And I signed it. She has it like in a frame, like. Right when you walk in her apartment, it's like the coolest thing. It's so where, she's so proud of it. So where can people get your eight by tens, your t shirts, your one fall t shirts? <laughs> um, or your fanny packs. Any I don't have fanny packs. That's that's the AG special, <laughs> but Beyond Wrestling has fanny packs. I, I only sell my stuff um online, but if anybody wants to contact me on social media, I'm willing to ship it if you pay the if you pay the, the shipping charges. I've I've actually mailed a couple of t shirts, which is again humbling to me, but um I'm on Instagram, Ringside Rich. I'm on Twitter at Rich Paladino. That's P A L L A D I N O and same on Facebook, just Rich Paladino. But uh if anybody's interested in a picture, I, I always have them at the shows. Um I say I keep saying it's my third third order of uh, one fall t-shirts but i keep saying this is the last one so i'm actually working with the guy that designed my shirt trying to do something new uh something along the lines of putting the keeping the professional and professional wrestling. um not sure what it's going to look like but i do have a design guy in rhode island that does a great job so um but yeah i, I just come by and even if you don't want to buy anything come by i love to talk to people and that's just what i do yeah, rich is one of the realest guys in the business so 
Bada boom, the realest guy in the room. That's, but he doesn't have to sneak into shows. <laughs> this is true. This That's, is true. I will not cause a ruckus on a pay-per-view and get tackled by a female security guard. No. You know what the worst part is? I have two dogs, and because we're Italian, my first dog's name, we let my son name the dogs, and Santino Morello was very big at the time. So my first dog's name is Santino, which I'm fine with because we're Italian. We let him name our second dog a couple years ago. It's Enzo. Enzo. Yeah. Enzo. <laughs> and it was, cool. we got him literally like maybe six months before all the Enzo stuff went down. So, that's, we, anyways, that's you, enough about me. Yeah. And your son, is this the son that's actually joined you in your little, uh, <laughs> he he'll he'll make a road trip every. He's been a guest ring announcer a couple times. Yeah. Drew Gulak loves my son, and Drew Gulak <laughs> had him be a ring announcer at a Beyond show for a match between Shinron and Flip Gordon like two or three years ago, and that was all Drew Gulak. He met my son. He goes first show. He goes yeah. He goes you know what that means? Ring announce guest ring announcer. <laughs> And then the next time my son came to a show, Gulak was on it, and he was like, Anthony! He's like, hey, I'm in a six-man tag. I want you to be the announcer. I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm going to throw a six-man tag on my poor kid. But uh, he, yeah. He's, Is that like a cool moment for you? It was a cool moment for me, for sure. And then when I think my son was maybe in third or fourth grade when, this, when he first did it, he wrote a paper and said, the greatest day of my life. And he took the pictures from online and we put like one of my uh, vests on him. You know, he had an Eddie Guerrero t-shirt on, which got to give him credit for that. Yeah. It was like, I'm your poppy shirt. But yeah. I gave him one of my big vests and a bow tie and flip and Shinron were actually putting it on him. I had Kevin Quinn, the referee, bring it out <laughs> with, you know, to put on him. And uh, yeah, he wrote a paper. It's called The Greatest Day of My Life. And he took the pictures from online. And, and oh. then I got to say, from Kalispell, Montana, weighing one. And he wrote it out the way he said it. And I was just like, you know, that, you, you know, yeah. That was a. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. He's losing interest because he's addicted to Fortnite like every other child in the world right uh, now. Satan. And I said to my daughter, I said, you know, you never got to be a ring announcer. You want to come to a show? No, Daddy, I don't want to do that. Okay, whatever. That's fine. No jealousy there. So, yeah, that's my uh, my little man. So, anyways. Cool. Again, yeah. Rich, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving us your time, sharing your stories and your, your travels. We will have to do this again because I still feel like your book is still being written. Yeah, I think so. I I always said no. I always said I, I need to write a book about my like real life and my wrestling life. But out of respect to my parents who divorced when I was very very small, I always said that book has to come out when they're no longer with us. God forbid. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. I'm it's that gonna, that's going to be you might it might have to do with more than one book. Yeah, I think so. More than one podcast, <laughs> more than one book. Why not? <laughs> I'm going to put I, my I, kid. Hey, I got to put two kids through college and pay for one wedding. I got to find some way to make some good money. So, <laughs> thank God for my real job. But anyways. yes. But so, Rich, thank you. Um, I'll see you. I know March second, but hopefully, I see you before then. Yeah, March hope 2nd, so. Going to All Star Wrestling. So, yeah. I'll see you. This, I'll, I'll see you this weekend, but you won't see me. No, yeah. no. I'll, be, I'll be looking through the camera and this is yeah. for Josh out in Montana the, the second person I know from Montana Flip Gordon and Josh that was, Josh Richards hello um, 
Yeah, but JP, anytime you want to come to a Beyond show, just just hit me up or something. If you're if if you want to come down or whatever, um, I can't make any guarantees since uh, you yeah. know. Oh, but good. if I can do anything to get you in there or something, or you want to talk to any of the guys or try, you know, the guys are usually very accommodating too. Yeah. So if you need, get off your content. fucking couch and go to a fucking show, JP. <laughs> <laughs> I will. My problem is I work retail. There it is. Fuck retail. You know. Wow. It's tough. Yeah, man. But I hear you. I, I completely hear you. But if if any time yeah. opens up or something, you know, please yeah, let me know. I appreciate my, that. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. I appreciate that. All right, guys, that's Rich Palladino. The man, <laughs> the myth, the announcer. Yes. Yes. Now I'm going to go and ignore my family. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I already told him, I said, make no noise. Daddy's doing an interview. So I heard uh, my son screaming on Fortnite at like 7.59. I'm like, shut up. So now it's all good. Thank you again, guys. Thanks, Rich. Have a good night, buddy. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Josh.